Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right? Who was wrong? And who is dead? All right, Herd. Welcome back. Welcome back from hiatus. Yay, Here we are. We're back from the hiatus. Woo. So what what'd you do during off season, Herd? I went biking and hiking and canoeing. You went canoeing? I climbed trees and I did archery. <laughs> and oh, I yes. made a movie and a play with my friends. This sounds like a great camp. I'm really jealous. I, I did not go I did not go canoeing at all. You didn't. <laughs> I didn't. At your no. camp, what do they do? Well, my camp we did lots of hiking. We did do oh. lots of hiking. So there was there was some hiking going on there. But nice. yeah, but I also I also like I kept in fitness, I kept in training, I kept in good guessing form. Oh. I watched the classics like Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo's easy old classic Scooby Doo. Yeah, you watched some I- Scooby-Doo. I didn't know this. It's totally true. Scooby-Doo episodes, old ones, it's perfect. It's always the angry old white guy. I don't know how they knew it, but no it's true. Way. It's always the angry white okay. guy. I was okay. just really getting, trying to get really good at guesses. I'd go to Starbucks. I went to Starbucks and I would sit oh. in Starbucks and I'd be like, you're going to order a Frappuccino. You're going to order a Frappuccino. You're going to order an iced latte. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Black so, lemonade. Black lemonade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept my guessing skills up is what I'm trying to pour say. Pour over. <laughs> do they do pour overs at Starbucks? Uh, since I don't really know what a pour over is, I don't get it. <laughs> I no, tell you, you have to know what a pour Oh, my gosh. Okay, hand it over. Hand over the my hipster card. card. <laughs> yes. You don't know what a pour... Pour over is really easy because what they do is they, they pour, pour the water over coffee to make you coffee. So, yeah. Over coffee crystals coffee oh my god oh my god i would love it this pour over is this pour over is lovingly made with folgers instant crystals they won't be able to tell it's not freshly brewed coffee isn't that what instant coffee is (laughs) is crystals it's crystals it's It's sanka i get a good sanka from my barista on the corner it's so nice I, you laugh, but I think Starbucks does that now. Sanka? Not Sanka, but they make <laughs> coffee crystals. They do make coffee crystals. They do make coffee crystals. Welcome, but, uh, welcome to Clue Done It, the, co- the podcast that's also about artisanal coffee. Wait, so, but a cold brew is just like a pour over, just it takes longer. Uh, sure. We're not going to get into portados <laughs> today. We'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> I like coffee. What can I say? That's fine. That's fine. fine. That's fine. Send us your coffee tips and hints and your guesses as to what my coffee drink is every morning <laughs> to <laughs> at Clue Done It Podcast. <laughs> but to the, today, we are starting back up with some actual guessing on TV mysteries with no clues whatsoever. What do we have first on the docket, Jessica? Today, we are watching Murder, She Wrote! Woo! Yay! We are going old show. school today. Yes, yes, we are. Professional writer and amateur sleuth Jessica Fletcher uses her intellect, charm, and persistence to get to the bottom of every crime she encounters. Oh my god, she encounters a lot of crime. Oh my gosh, everywhere she goes. Twelve years of this. So there were 264 episodes of this stuff. Oh my lord. Twelve seasons. And the only reason why it was canceled, 
I mean, it looked like Jet, like Angela Lansbury. She starred in it, by the way. Right, Angela Lansbury. A famous star of film and Bed Broadway. knobs and broomsticks. Yeah, yeah. And other things. Sure, sure. Harvey's Girls is one of her famous okay, uh, yeah. early, very early roles. Um, she was also she was also super foxy in the court jester. Oh the old Danny I Kay movie. I think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like shockingly foxy. Like you like I would watch that and be like, wait a minute, what? What? <laughs> That's Jessica Fletcher. That's Jessica Oh, oh my. I I need to go rethink a few things. <laughs> Yeah, 264 episodes. The only reason why it was canceled, because Jessica Fletcher said... Grunge. Grunge. It was canceled because of grunge. No. No? She had in the 11th season, and maybe even earlier, expressed... Because she was 63, I, Uh I guess, in the 10th and 11th season, or, you know, somewhere in there. And she was like, I don't think I can keep up this pace because they were doing twenty or so episodes, twenty two episodes yeah. a season. That is, it's I mean, that a is a it's a for grind. A person of that, it's uh, a lot for a person of any age, age really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so real difficult, and so they decided to cut down on her low. The the they would have her be at the beginning and the end of an episode and they would feature other characters in the middle. Oh, wow. Uh, and they would they would develop other sort of secondary characters to do crime, you know, To mystery, do crime solving, dis- yeah, sure. Dis- yeah, solving um, in the middle of it. And then, but in the 12th season, CBS decided to move Murder, She Wrote from the Sunday slot, where it, it had was Sunday 36 nights forever. million viewers each Sunday. Wow. 36. They 36 decided million. to put it up against must-see TV on NBC Thursday nights. Why would you do that? They put Murder, She Wrote up against Friends and Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. my Lord. 90... What were you thinking? Yeah. And it went to number 36. Yeah. Yeah, it did. had 6 million viewers. Went from 36 million to 6 million. And people were, because people were like, no, I'm not going to stop watching my Thursday night television show. Yeah. And so they just basically killed it. And so Angela Lansbury was free, but she enjoyed every minute of it, it sounds like, and as, as did everybody else. Fair enough. Yeah, a couple of the things I like about this show. I mean, it's I mean, you don't last twelve seasons by being a bad show, right? So this, I mean, this was a good show all around. But they were everything about this show is just incredibly specific, and then they dial it up to eleven. It's almost like community theater ratcheted up. Everyone's got their like best Maine New England accent going on, or if it oh. doesn't take place in Maine, every, like we watched one episode which took place in. What was it, Arkansas? I think it was Arkansas. Took place in Arkansas. She traveled to find a circus to find a a long-lost in-law in a circus. But there was somebody with a southern accent. There was somebody with some weird English maybe accent. Yes. There was somebody with like just a a New York accent. Like everybody had the accents. Everybody was making such incredibly strong character choices. Like they were barely held together. Like everybody was all trying to be like, no, you want to chew the scenery that way? Great. Well, I'm going to go over here and chew the scenery this way. And it was all just barely contained. So it was contained. Like it still hung together. But it was everything was just popping and fizzy all over the place. Yeah, it did kind of feel like the Wild West on that stage, on that, <laughs> on that screen. I agree. Because they yeah. all, the, I mean, all the actors were just like bolting out as far as they could yeah, to yeah. do their thing, giving it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And then, of course, there was the other thing that we noticed, which I am waiting, I cannot wait to see in this episode, which is that they remastered them for, we're watching on Peacock, by the way. Yes. So everything looks a little sharper. So you can see, like, this one guy has a mustache in the episode that we, not the episode that we're watching tonight, but the episode that we watched in In preparation. preparation, This guy's mustache was so obviously fake. Oh my god! Like blatantly, and he like he was twirling it yes. for the entire episode. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like every, and like, turned out to be the murderer. Right. The worst mustache you have ever seen even, on film. Even worse. Well, okay. I guess mine was never caught on film, so we won't go there. No, your, <laughs> your, yours was real. This, this guy's was not his. It I was mean, this clearly was... like you could see the knitting yes. on the mustache, yeah. and it was not. Anywhere close to and like his eyebrows, it, it was his as beard, if, his hair color. It was as if somebody took a piece of velour and just like with like cardboard scissors, like the same scissors you give to like a yes. fourth grader, like yes. cut out the shape of a mustache yes. and then just taped that to it his lip. It was shaped like that. <laughs> it was awesome. So if you haven't guessed already, this is supposed to be a crime drama mystery, not a comedy. Not a comedy, no. <laughs> it's It is... I wouldn't I would say, say it's really dramatic. Though, I wouldn't say it's but really dramatic. It's, it's comedy. It's, it's not so. comedy. It's a little cozy. I would it's say definitely cozy. call it cozy. It's yes. very definitely cozy. Well done. So well named. Yeah. yeah, I would say so too. The other thing I like about this is that like it also really borrows. Like, it's in tone, it borrows from Agatha Christie a little bit, where it's like, this is not like English countryside, but it's kind of like American countryside and American kind of manor house. Like, these take place in these certain environments. But also what I really like about this that they take from Agatha Christie, and which you just don't see anymore, and I don't know if this has to do with, like, showtimes or what, but, like, they have, like, all the suspects are legit suspects. Everybody is actively doing things against other people which may or may not mean that they are the killer, which I dig. So that's I, that's yeah, something huh. that happened. I will say the title, Murder, She Wrote, comes from Murder, She Said, which was the title of the 1961 film adaptation of Agatha Christie's Miss Marple novel, oh. 450 from Paddington. And this is a little bit of a sidebar, but goes with that whole idea of Agatha Christie. This show was originally written for Jean Stapleton, what? Yes. Oh, wow. But she decided she wasn't interested in it and turned it Aww. down. And so the three writers, the creators, were like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? And they were a little bit of a pickle. Yeah. And Angela Lansbury's name came up, but they were like, she uh, she may not want to do this. Yeah. Because the reason why it had come up is because she had just played Miss Marple in a movie and it had done very poorly so she had done a lot of agatha christie and everyone was like oh she's so perfect and so the creator is like quick got her a script and she was like yeah this does sound interesting i would like to do that she did want to do the miss marple stuff but it had just hadn't worked out for her so like you said it was an an american piece this was very different it takes largely i mean she's from cabot cove in maine Mm -hmm. so very american type of and a distinctly, uh, distinctly American. Like the, like the accent is the main accent yes. is not a New England well, accent. I gotta say, I don't think anybody really does a main accent oh, in this show. Oh, they try. There are certain people who try harder than others. Like Tom I... Bosley. Tom Bosley leans into that. Doing you that. think so? I'm not saying he does a great job, but I'm saying I he definitely think goes for like, it. Like maybe like a hot minute he tried it and then he just let it go. <laughs> okay, and maybe. And then he was like, "Yeah, never mind." Yeah, twelve seasons, never mind. It was filmed mainly 
at Universal. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. On the Universal campus. But when they had to do things that were Cabot Cove looking, mm-hmm. they were filmed in Mendocino, California, which is in uh, Northern California. And it does look windswept and kind of Maine-ish. I, I am so glad you said that because I was like, I, they were, I was watching some episodes being like, yep, that's definitely like backlot Southern California, LA. But then they would, they go to these locations in Cabot Cove and I'm like, that is not Southern California. So what episode are we watching tonight? So tonight we are watching an episode called The Corpse Flew First Class. <laughs> I love it already. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a bottle episode. Are they talking about ish. me and Xanax? <laughs> are you a corpse when you take I Xanax just take on a Zan- plane? I get on a plane, take the Xanax, and I'm just out. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even think I last long enough to lean my seat back. Yeah, you, you kind of don't. <laughs> so this is season three, episode 12. And this aired January 18th, 1987. I can't cast my mind back that far. I, I do not either. know where I, don't I was know. in January of 87. I think the Browns were in the playoffs, but that might be all I can remember. <laughs> so I do, okay, a couple of things about this show. Please. The music, the theme oh song my gosh. has got to be one of the best in TV ever. It's a great theme song. It's the fantastic orchestration. Like, all the instrumentation is amazeballs. It is so exciting. And everything about, like, I don't understand why they do this, but the, 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 the credit sequence does that thing where, like, they mask out the side like it's yes, it's, it's it's like so it's a square 80s. but they give you a circle like this soft like this soft, soft white focus. circle around frame. the side of this frame of it and so she's like has all these like little cameo moments as she's like going through this opening sequence it's hilarious yeah it's so great and we love we ne- we had completely forgotten i you had did locked not- this in some weird basement yeah, of my mind that in every episode it starts with her saying, Angela Lansbury right. or Jessica Fletcher saying, in this week's episode, or in the, yeah. Tonight, tonight on Murder, Murder she, she Wrote. And then they show you scenes from the episode. Like yes. that's own little, te- like its own 30 second teaser, teaser trailer. Like who does that? I don't think we do that on TV anymore. Nobody. I think the closest you get is like a credit sequence that somehow hints at like what's to come. Like Game of yes. Thrones. Totally bonkers. I, but I, yes, I love I, it. My mouth Tonight, was agape. I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back. I want to bring. I want to bring back typewriters, that music, and just like this week on Clue Done It, you're gonna hear typewriter. Jessica laugh and get exasperated at Jacob. <laughs> Well, another thing about this is that we were we when we saw this, I lo- we looked at each other and I was like, "Do you remember this?" <laughs> and then we were like, "Where does this even come from?" So I was like, "Well, I wonder what the deal is. Does anybody have history with this?" And sure enough, oh my God, you found history two, on this. Well, two of the creators who are writing partners, they mm-hmm. co-created a ton of stuff together. Their first writing credit was on the show Westinghouse Desilu Playhouse in 1959, which is Desilu, that is Desi Arnaz. And that was a mystery drama anthology series hosted by Betty Furness and Desi Arnaz in the second season. And stories came from several genres, often based on fact, two-part episodes spun off of the popular show The Untouchables. Well, that's just a side note. Right, but yes, but yeah. it's clearly old school. Writers, and old, yes. And the, everything about this show was old school. Like, you can tell that the actors, when they got here, they were told to, like, dig deep, make 
big choices and really like get theatrical with it. Like literally the twirling mustache, like everybody is making such big acting character choices. It's so great. Oh my God, I'm sorry. No, it's fun. Way off track. It's probably going to cut it all. (laughs) But you'll never know, dear listener. It will all be frothy and frivolous and fun in your ears. Yes. And now we're about to have some frothy, frivolous fun in our eyeballs with Murder, She Wrote. All right, we'll be back with some bodies and some guesses. See you soon. All right, I think we're ready to guess. I mean, I don't know that I'm ready to guess, but it's time for us to do the guessing now because, ladies and gentlemen, 15 minutes. This is a 47-minute show with, like, one minute on either end for, like, credits or more. So it's like, let's call it 45 yeah. minutes. Generously, let's call it 45 minutes. That 15 minutes into it, one-third of the show before we have a body. You know what? Yeah. I am glad. I am glad that we are not doing 80s shows all the time because you know me. In, out, give me a body. I like a body by the end of the teaser. 15 yeah. minutes I had to wait for yeah. a body, Jessica. I, I remember timing this show as a kid yeah. and being like, 15 minutes is the murder. And I thought I was a weirdo. And then I met you. You were like, no, no, when you're going to write a TV show on spec, you have to. You have to absolutely have to break out, all this down. Now, don't down get me wrong. The... Most people don't do this as children, but this is one of the reasons I like you is because, yes, you timed out Murder, She Wrote. I timed out Chips. Yeah, and I had forgotten, even though this happens in our, in our preview watches, mm-hmm. but there's also a certain point in every episode where the authorities choose, you know, focus on somebody super dumb. Yeah. Jessica Fletcher is like, no, no that no, no. is not That's the, the person. That's the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't gotten there yet, but have, yes, it has happened exactly. in every single episode. Yeah. Yes, there are nine suspects. But it's like you said earlier. I That's know. how it's many just, people. There, there are, there we are. We only have one main character, Angela Lansbury. Right. And so the script, they can have Endless guest stars on this show. Oh my God. Speaking of endless, geez Louise. Yes, 15. Like, this was simultaneously the shortest flight to London and the longest sequence of this flight to London. (laughs) So, but let's catch you up. Let's catch you up with all this. So, we are in, uh, we start in a bank vault where uh, a very fancy lady named Sunny is picking up. Played by Kate Mulgrew. Who is. Star Trek Voyager. Oh my God, she's the captain. Captain. Oh my God, Captain Janeway, right? Captain Janeway. I had no idea. Yeah. No wonder she looked so familiar. Yes. Okay, yeah. so she is playing a Catherine Hepburn, like a total carbon copy of Catherine Hepburn. But we're not sure if she is actually an actress or just an heiress. She's American somebody. Heiress. She's somebody rich and famous, and she's yeah. getting these and amazing. She's, ju- she's gorgeous. The plastic surgeon on board also. Well, when he meets her in the, in the flight lounge, in the flight lounge, the plastic surgeon is like, yeah. "Oh, you're going to put people like me out of business." Yeah, because she's so beautiful. Yeah, she really is pretty. She really is gorgeous. Anyways, but she is picking up from the bank fault she picks up this amazing necklace because she's going to fly over to london and appear at some royal gala wearing these amazing jewels and she's like isn't this great and she turns to her bodyguard gives him the necklace in this case and says don't lose it and he's like yes Ms. greer 
and then they kiss. And it's a total, I, I can't decide if I should call this a middle school kiss or an 80s TV show kiss because all they do is <laughs> they just put their lips together and turn their heads and then like rub lips against each other as if they're you, supposed to be kissing really said, like steamy. It, okay, this is, I'm, maybe we cut this out because I'm embarrassed to say this. It looked like a really good kiss to me. Oh my God, no. Oh, we are so leaving this in. No. Oh my God, that looked like a really good kiss to you? Yes. It literally is like when you when you get like, like when you're a child who you're has- You're going to have to cut this out and oh, put yeah. it into social media so that we can vote. Does this look like a good kiss or a bad kiss? Anyways, they kiss. Let's move on. Let's move on. They kiss and then they go to the airport where they're in a fancy first class lounge before they get on the flight and you meet a whole bunch of people yes. in this airport lounge. You meet the plastic surgeon who compliments Sonny. You meet Errol who is a detective at Scotland Yard who knows Jessica and her writing. Yeah. Uh, you meet a husband and wife, your standard comedy troupe husband and wife, yes. meaning that the wife is like big and overbearing and the husband is skinny and looks henpecked. Well, she is played by Mary Jo Catlett, if that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. And she has been part of the main voice cast recently of SpongeBob SquarePants. Shut the front door. Yeah, she has played Mrs. Puff. Forever. Since oh my the beginning god, of the I love that. But you and I also recognize her for being one of the servants on different strokes. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't for recognize her for that. But time. that is no, hilarious. You you totally recognize Wait, wait is she the, her. is she this is she the servant who replaced Mrs. Garrett who went on to Facts of Life, or did she play Mrs. Garrett? No, she She replaced, replaced Mrs. Mrs. Garrett. Garrett. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she came on later. She's also a Broadway and off-Broadway of actress. Is. She was also on Mr. Belvedere on Mash. She was on yes, Night she was Court, on Mr. Bob Belvedere. Newhart. Okay, so th- so there's them. There's a husband and wife. There's a handsome man who hasn't said anything yet, but every time you see him, he's next to a smoker, being very annoyed that the person is smoking. Oh yeah. He also well, we'll get to this, but there's so there's a handsome man. Then there's also the male flight attendant who is like. Outed Jess- so the male flight attendant immediately oh, yes. recognizes Jessica on the and plane. And he's taking all the jackets, he's th- which I was worried about because he was taking all the first class jackets and he was just throwing them over his arm. And that's what's where the necklace is. That's where the necklace is. But apparently he's got it on yeah. his body still. So, but the male flight attendant says, Jessica Fletcher, I love your work. And she he kind of like outs her as a writer. Which yeah. is unfortunate because she's sitting next to a Hollywood producer. Yes, who, who is, is insufferable. Yes, absolutely insufferable. Which I'm sure is nothing like Hollywood producers in real life. I am sure that they are all very demure and just the soul of kindness and decorum. <laughs> so there's a male flight attendant. There's a female flight attendant. And that's it. Those are the people. So what we know is, so Leon is a very scared flyer. He's yes. he's been sweating a lot, yes. uh, drinking a lot. He uh, he also he also like he had a Walkman that he tried to listen to. It even had those like orange the orange foam ear covers on it the did? for the headphones. Oh, yeah, I didn't it was see so that. great. It wasn't the classic yellow no, Sony. Well, the so that didn't come out till the nineties. That oh, the Sony Sports okay. didn't come out till the nineties, but oh. it wasn't as whatever. We don't have to get into that. But he had a Walkman that wouldn't work, but he still managed to get some sleeping in because again. Longest sequence, shortest flight. 
So, but he got up at one point to go to the bathroom and coming back from the, going to the bathroom, handsome man was coming back from the bathroom and they kind of ran into each other in the aisle. So I think maybe yes, there was and, a but little... but did you see him when the other guy crossed, when they, like, they do that little kind of like dan- the tango awkward the, dance, yeah. tango, where they're trying to decide who's going to go forward, who's mm-hmm. going to go back. And Leon passes closer to the camera and the other guy passes farther behind away him, yeah. behind him facing Jessica Fletcher and meanwhile as he's passing he like moves one hand up into yes. his lower pocket and he moves his upper hand and another hand into like yeah, another he was, pocket he was doing like something he with his hand stole something out of Leon's yeah, pocket exactly. which we would assume 100%. is the necklace 100% 100% that's what i'm saying and later Jessica goes to the bathroom and he's in the bathroom again and there's this buzzing sound and you think, you're meant to think it's an electric razor because he comes out and he's like rubbing his chin like he's just, oh, look at how smooth, clean shaven he oh. is. But we don't know what that buzzing sound mm. is. Yeah. But something's going on in the bathroom with that. Meanwhile, the husband and wife are also nervous flyers. But she's a knitter. The flight attendant tries to take away her bag of yarn and knitting needles and she won't let him do that. And she's like, I never should have let you, to the husband, she says, I never should have let you and Bert talk me into this. So something suspicious is going yeah, on there. Yeah, and they there. did like a crossed fingers thing when they got on the plane. Like, yeah, yeah here, we luck, here we good go. Good luck with us. Good luck with, yeah. And, and at a certain point in this we flight. We made it this far. At a certain point in the flight, Sonny Greer goes up to the bar upstairs and has a drink with the plastic surgeon. Yeah. And the plastic surgeon knows about the jewels and that she'll be wearing them and offers like puts in an offer to buy them from her. Yeah. So everybody knows about the jewels. Everybody knows that they're there. All these people are sitting around her. The only person I don't think has a motive at this point is, or has acted at all suspicious, is the film producer. But the film producer is definitely trying to like hang on to Sunny to get her to be, this is another reason I think she's an actress, is because he was talking about getting her in the film. But you're right. I don't know if she I was talking. I think he was just trying to give her points to be an like investor. Be an investor, right. So I don't know about that either. Well, the we, we got to say it. The flight attendant says, you got to put on your seatbelt. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the female flight attendant comes over and tells Leon to put on his seatbelt and then discovers that Leon is dead and screams. Yeah. And that's where we stop. It was, it was a good scream. Really good scream. Good scream. Well done. Yeah. And she has also been very distracted when she's yes. like, she served Jessica Fletcher the wrong wine with her food. Yes, with her fish. <laughs> that's this was, right. Oh my, it's white like, wine. It's white wine. Like there, there, there was linen on top of her tray back table. <gasps> Really? Oh yeah, like oh she had like gosh. a full linen set back I there. Like didn't this is Oh yeah, this is a very fancy champagne supper flight over there. Oh. But she didn't need champagne, she needed white wine, which good lord that was a heavy that pour of white wine. Like pour. in addition to just getting her lit, like that would not be safe if there was turbulence. And there was turbulence as we found yes. out. Yes. Yeah, so, that was why they all had to put their seatbelts on. Right? Exactly. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, so where does this leave us? So many people. So many people. I think you have to guess first. Okay. This is it. This is the moment I've been training for. Here we go. All right. I have no idea. Uh- <laughs> That's fading out. <laughs> That's great. I have, so I think, you know, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna to settle on the least suspicious person of it all for a couple reasons. Okay. I'm going to settle on the Scotland Yard person. Yeah. The detective for a couple reasons on this. One, he seems to be in a position of trust. 
So there's no reason for us to suspect him, which means it must be him. Of course, they also do that at the episode we watched earlier for preparation where it was the the cop who was investigating things. I don't think they'd go to that well twice in the same season. But right now, he's the only one with like zero motive or zero suspicious activity. Or the male flight attendant and handsome man modeling school are in cahoots. I think this is a cahoots episode. I definitely Mm -hmm. think there are some people working together on this. There is some kind of like cabal out to get Mm. this necklace. So I am going to guess handsome man. I'm going to guess handsome man in league with the male flight attendant. And I think the female flight attendant is nervous because she knows something about this. She overheard something with the male flight attendant or someone is forcing her to do things. Yeah, nope. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with cahoots of the male flight attendant and the handsome man. And I think the handsome man is trying to do like a whole Thomas Crown kind of thing. He's just he's just an international jewel thief. And he's oh. plotting this. Ooh. And he's he's bought the male flight attendant. He's got the male flight attendant to work with him. Because this way the male flight attendant can retire and work on his manuscript. Because the male flight attendant does want to be a writer. That's my story. I'm, t- I'm choosing two people. But like they're in league together. So I'm just going to say they're in league together. That's what I've got. Wow, that's really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wipes the sweat from brow. Well, shoot. I was kind of hoping that you would say something about the couple, the knitting couple. Uh, red herring. Total red herring. I know it's a red herring, and I know it even more what it is that they're hiding. How do you know what they're hiding? Because I... Because you did research? No! Cheater! No, 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 no. I was looking at the pictures from the episode, Uh huh. and there is a picture of what it is that they're hiding. Are they hiding a little kitten? Are they hiding a dog. They have a tiny little white dog. Okay. And it's hiding in that little knitting thing. She doesn't actually knit. Right. She held that knitting, those knitting needles up like, hey, look. And then she kind of like indicated. them around. But it was like actress trying to pretend she knits. Right. But has no idea. Right. Well, and to be perfectly like the lady might not know how she exactly. knits either on this. So like that was a little clue there. Yeah, I mean it was either it either had like I said it had to be a cat or a bomb. And I'm like, well, it's not going to be a bomb. This is not that show. Yeah. So it, it had to be something completely inane. Okay. Yes. So we can wipe them off the screen. Yes. They're okay. I kind I know that you're saying that they did that in the past in you know the past season even right. they this, had the no, authority this season, yeah. being a, a murderer which I know I watched the end of that episode but I don't remember that you were asleep oh okay <laughs> yeah Benadryl so uh, but I think that that's what it is I think that this Scotland you're in Scotland guy, Yard yeah and because let's be honest Jessica Fletcher can never have a love interest. Oh, God, no. No. Oh, well, she could have fans. People, if sure, he's fans. He's really but, interested but, but in he's, her. But he's, yeah, he's, they and, are definitely like, they're definitely some kind of like, there's a vibe. Yeah, I guess so. There is. But I think it's him. You do. You it, think well, it's him. I mean, she recognizes his pin. Right, yes. And, and he's like, well, yes, yes. He's 25 yes. years, and 25 years service Scotland was Yard. two floors down from her. So maybe it isn't him, but I kind of like it has to be and then there's pretty boy there's also an asian man in that an asian like businessman looking he's like Uh in a suit and i know he shows up as a suspect okay um but i don't think he has done it 
I don't think he's the murderer. I gotta tell you, Hurt, I clearly I need to do need to help you when you're doing your IMDB research on this stuff because you are just Why? getting all sorts of little clues here. This person shows up as a suspect. Oh. I don't I can't even remember what this guy looks like. Well, he's he's like right under the camera, uh-huh. so I don't know that. I mean, he shows up more in front of the camera and okay. says some more things, but. He's at the beginning of the, the very beginning of the scene in the airplane, and he shows up in some more pictures. Uh, you're right. The female flight attendant is very nervous, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. she so there's something going on there. And the, but I bet that that's just a red herring too. Yeah, similar to the couple with the dog. And then it seems obvious the guy coming out of the handsome guy coming out of the bathroom shoving stuff in his pocket. Mm-hmm. But I think it's Scotland Yard. You go in Scotland Yard. I'm going Scotland Yard, and I think there's some other good reason. But the reason I'm going to come up with <laughs> is that the government thinks that maybe she has stolen goods, and that this oh, this he's trying to get it back for the good of the crown because they have talked yeah. about the crown jewels a lot. Like they have made yes. it very clear that like. Is she even allowed? Like, can she even have these things? Yes. Like, it's not that she can she have these things, but it's like it's definitely something that's very special and very a little scandalous that she has this and that like they're in public and that she's going to overshadow the crown and all sorts of craziness here. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what's happening. That he, you think that these are actually going to be mentioned as like stolen goods from hundreds of years ago that they're taking back for queen and country yeah it's gonna be total hypocrisy considering everything that's in the british <laughs> considering everything that the brits have plundered <laughs> yeah. through the years <laughs> yeah okay okay so you're yeah. going scotland yard and i'm going with cahoots yes all right do we have any prop bets anything we want like we talked about how many how, how many how many wired phones will we see in this episode oh yes and what was the mm-hmm. tape that he wanted to listen to what do we think yes. that it, do we think that this was just some kind of like calming little you are in a forest. The trees are rustling. In the distance, bird tweets. Or is this or is this like his Madonna tape that he's like, nope, I'm going to get down with some Madonna. In which case, <laughs> Sonny, I got some news for you about your boy toy. There's a reason he was kissing you like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, he was listening to something like, you're good enough, you're smart enough. And gosh and darn it, people. So, okay, so like yeah. affirmations. Like, yeah, yeah kind of like. He's going to be listening yeah, to some sort of affirmations. Okay. I don't, yeah. Who did you say you thought it was the cahoots with? Cahoots with the male flight attendant. And who else? The handsome man. Anything else you can think of? I think we're good. Any other drinking? How many, how much more alcohol <laughs> are they going to consume? How, on this how, how many more times will they mention the fact that there's a smoking section on this plane? Yes. <laughs> please yes. all right well if any of those things happen we will tell you about it that's my apparently i just channeled wait wait don't tell me <laughs> but we'll be back we'll tell you who did it and which of us was right we'll see you soon Oh my god. Oh my god. She is so excited, ladies and gentlemen. She is beyond ready. She just gasped. She looked at her computer and gasped and squealed. She was so excited about something. I have no idea what it is. Do you want to tell us now or later? 
I'll tell you later. Tell us later. Okay, because we we have to say how we did. Oh, right. This yes, is, this is this what is, we need to get to This first. is actually a little tricky. This is a little, because we were both kind of, we were both well, kind of half-ish right? Yeah, you were half right. And you were half right. Well, was I? Yes. You get you guessed you were you went with the Scotland Yard guy. I did. You went with Scotland Yard guy, and I went with handsome man in cahoots oh with God, somebody. Oh my God, you're right. I know. Oh this my is gosh, what I'm we saying. Were both half we were right. both half and right. Then, and then, and and right after we turned off the recording and we started watching the show, there was this mo- scene monologue where. Miss Greer said Sunny something. Greer. I can't remember what her scene yeah, was, but, but I was, was like, some... she did it. She did it. She did it. She did it. She's totally behind it. <laughs> you absolutely I... <laughs> did. But it was not recorded, so. It doesn't count. It, it doesn't was after count. the thing. It was, it was later. Like, had we watched that scene, you would have guessed her. You probably but... would have as well. Right. Yes, but this is the thing. Like, this, like, we were talking about this, and I was saying how, like, Murder, She Wrote is very Agatha Christie, because there are so many people doing yes, so many different things. Interwoven. There were three criminals acting yes, here. Yes, and oh my, totally apart from each other. Well, no, well, I mean, two of them were in cahoots, but yes. like, but there were two strands that were completely opposed yes. to each other. Yeah. Like, so, okay, so let's explain how this whole yeah. thing went down. Yeah. So, yes, the Sunny Greer, the heiress or the actress, we're not sure which, I think she's just an heiress at this point. Yes. She's the heiress. She's a rich heiress with the necklace. The necklace and her bodyguard, whom she was also sleeping with and smooching with in the weirdest smooches ever, she was smooching with him. He ends up dead, and then the necklace ends up missing. What's to do? It's a like it's not exactly a closed room crime or a locked room crime, but it is a kind of a bottle episode thing. We both thought we both we all saw it. We knew handsome man picked his pocket as he was going to the yes. going to the laboratory, but we didn't know. Who was involved? We thought maybe the female flight attendant was. I deliberately chose the male flight attendant because he clearly outed Jessica Fletcher. But Jessica was convinced somehow that the that the Scotland Yard was involved. And she was right. The Scotland Yard guy was totally the brains behind it all. The pickpocket guy was just supposed to pickpocket it. Then the Scotland Yard guy was supposed to arrest him or quote unquote arrest him because he wasn't with Scotland Yard at all anymore. He had retired. So he was supposed to arrest him, and then they were going to take the necklace and this guy through customs, as theoretically he'd be like, no, I'm a member of the police force, which, okay, I have to stop here for a second as I'm explaining all of this. It is hilarious to me what they think is high security at an airport, where it's like- In 1980s. In, in 1980, when, whatever when year this was, this as people was? are like walking right up to the gate and people are going willy-nilly and they're just like, well, you know how tight airport security is these days. I'm like, yes. oh, lady- you have no idea what's coming. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was the best quote of yeah. all time. And she has, there are a lot in of... In this day and age. In this day and age. <laughs> there was one more, we talked about phone calls. There was one more phone call that got yes. made. Yes. But, okay. So, the Scotland Yard guy was gonna, was gonna, like, pretend to capture this guy, walk him through security with the, with the necklace as evidence, and then they were just gonna take off and pawn the necklace for millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And get away scot-free. This is great, but the guy died. The bodyguard died. Yeah. And how did he die? Who killed him? Miss Greer, as it turns out. Because, and we find this out, Jessica Fletcher sees... 
there are also so many great faces. Oh my god! Everybody does. Oh my god! The facial like, expression, the takes on this yes, episode are takes. amazing. It's like what? Like, no. Yeah, no. Oh, you're <laughs> cute. But it's also like the Hallmark faster, but like the Hallmark three, yes. three moments takes. The three takes, beats takes, the yes. The three beat takes, yes. Right yes. before the commercial where... Dun, dun, dun. dun. And somebody leans in. What did you say, doctor? And dun, dun, dun. I don't believe it. No. Jenny, are you telling me the truth? Dun, dun, dun. 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 <laughs> It is exactly like that, but with no words. No words. Just people like, like people just act, and not even like acting hard, but they're able to like lean in with a face together, like and lean in with your totally chin. Or Jessica it. Fletcher has a nice little couple, like, like oh, do, you do, flirty do, little do. moment. Well, she yeah. definitely she has a flirty moment. She has a questioning moment. Yeah. She has a suspicious look moment. Like yes. Jessica Fletcher has all the facial expressions. Yeah. All, like, good job acting, Angela Lansbury. Golf yes. clap for you. Yeah, very yeah. well done. Yeah, 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 very well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, all the all the awards. Go oh, to it's her. just so much fun! It's so much fun. They're like I love like the so the male flight attendant does come back. To my credit, he comes back right towards the end, right as they're landing, and Jessica has to make one final call to like, like Scotland to, Yard, to Scotland Yard, to her friend, to at her friend at Scotland Yard. Yard to like double check who this guy actually is, who he actually says he is. And the male flight attendant comes up and is like, "You have to sit down. We're about to land. You have to sit down." And she's like, "It's vitally important." I'm on the phone with Scotland Yard. It's vitally important. But and when he came back, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is it. This is how they're gonna rope him back in." No, no, no. I was he, still only half right. Yeah, he was still a pester. Or just he was just he, there. He, he was doing his job. He was not a. He pest. was getting he a was day really player. Doing they had job. so many day players on oh this show. Oh my gosh! Good gravy! Like, I, like, what happened to extras budgets? Did they all just like? Do, they don't do like in addition to the ten suspects, there were the two flight attendants, and then in addition to that, there was another lady flight oh, yeah, attendant there was who showed up. Flight attendant, and then there and was a the captain, captain, and, and then, then there was the first mate. Yeah, and then they had a gurney. Where did the gurney? Like, do, okay, well, please, no, somebody gets sacked somebody... after for the gurney. Well, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, you're right. The, the gurney was not credited. <laughs> Although there are a few people who are just few smokers who didn't have any lines that could be oh like, "Oh my gosh, that smoker guy! Yeah, all he did was smoke. All he did was he smoke. He got no lines. He got no, absolutely none at oh all. Oh my god, does he get a set? I hope he. he gets I nothing. hope he got paid like I mean, more than a day player rate for that many. He was in so many scenes, scenes, but he didn't say a word. He just all he smoked. did was smoke. I was he able to at least say thank you when they moved his seat. I think he did have that line. He might. So I, let's. Here's hoping he yes. got to open his mouth because handsome yes. man was the was the was the criminal was the pickpocket. He did. Yeah. He was just there to 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 show how much handsome man hated being surrounded by smokers and how sensitive he was to the smoke. So that when later on, when Angela Lansbury like got the passenger manifest and was able to see, oh, why would he get this seat with all the smokers when he's clearly upset with by sitting with all these smokers? Like that was the first suspicious clue yeah. for her. Me, I just knew that he was too handsome. He was uh, too good looking not to have some kind of suspect I don't in it. Think he was that handsome. He wasn't. Okay. He, he he wasn't. But he would. He had that very kind of like you know when the how the eighties are really just the seventies with more shoulder pads. Okay. Like he sure. was eighties handsome, but really he was just kind of seventies. But it was all just a ruse. It was all just for... there to to make sure that like handsome man got like on everybody's Literally, radar. Well, 
He was literally hiding in the smoke. <laughs> he literally had a smoke screen. Yes. <sighs> he, that, that smoking man. Yes. That's what it was. It, it was, was a, a smoke, smoke screen. screen. He's like, I'm going to hide here in the smoke. You'll never see me yes. here. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was supposed to be sitting in a seat up in front, but he took the seat next no, to the smoke. No, well, I don't know where he was supposed to be sitting, but yes. He, he there didn't he have to sit there. There was an open seat next to the jeweler. The Asian man who the I Asian was man like, who you called well, out. Who's that guy? He was he, a Jew. He was like right down front in the in the camera in the first camera angle inside the airplane. And then yeah, when they figure out, they start going through everybody's bags and they go through the flight attendant's bag. And the flight the nervous flight attendant, she has the necklace in her bag, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" But then the it jeweler comes. But the jeweler comes over and he looks at it. He's like, "I'm a jeweler." And I'm a jeweler. Let me examine this. Uh, yeah, he, let me examine. It. He's like, nope, it's the wrong tone. It's a fake. It's a fake. And it turns out this I, this is uh, two great things about this scene where they they discover that the necklace was a fake. Two amazing things happen in this scene. One, he's a jeweler, and he just I don't know about you, but every jeweler apparently travels with their little eye magnifying glass loop on them so that they can just whatever they need yeah, to yeah. they like can just doctor. examine like a doctor like doctor always has to step there a doctor in the house yes right, i yes. am here is there a jeweler in the house <laughs> there sure is <laughs> and i brought my trusty loop i can examine any gemstone you like and not only that but he says earlier when he introduces himself as like hi i'm a jeweler mm-hmm. and or he doesn't actually say that he says well i've actually had to cut up necklaces yes that's that right stolen and that you could no no he does he doesn't say that he's done it he's just saying if if he were to have been it this is what he would have done because you couldn't sell the necklace you have to sell the diamonds individually yeah and then they're all like who are you to say this and he's like show them my card go ahead feel free to search me wonderfully convenient so he was kind of a businessman he was very well dressed and so yes so so your handy dandy jeweler with a loop just on hand and you're in your transatlantic flight. I mean, it's easy to pack. Why wouldn't <laughs> Why you? Why would it? Just, just throw it in your pocket so you're always ready at a moment's notice. Yes, because I'm sure You'd there be are... surprised how many stones people want you to look at. Yes, I bet all the time the person you're sitting next to is like, well, tell me, did my husband get me a Did my husband cheap out or yeah. is this a real ring? And yes. then you, I'm sorry, madam. <laughs> Modesty forbids me. I don't pray. <laughs> like, they're smoking over there. I'm off the clock, lady. I don't check gems for nothing. <laughs> but the second greatest thing, the second greatest thing that happened. Oh, I'm, by the way. Yes. That, that the jeweler is played by James Shigeta. Okay. Who and, uh, passed in 2014, so oh. we won't see him, but... We can watch him in a Flower Drum Song, which he was very famous for. He's Hawaiian-born. And his IMDb lists him as the biggest East Asian U.S. star the country has known for decades. Oh, wow. Um, he had a very up-and-down career, at various films and lots of TV, romantic leading roles in the 50s. And he was in, the, like I said, the musical Flower Drum Song, and he was very well known. He was in another musical remake that was supposed to go that didn't end up being very big. And yeah, so he, and he played all kinds of characters, but very classy, kind of handsome guy. And yeah, I, I would have loved to see more of him because, I mean, we can go back and watch his stuff. <laughs> we People, will do that. check him out. He's fantastic. He was. Thank you for your loop. I will also say, but the, okay, 
But coming back to that scene, the second amazing, and I'm I'm totally going to out you on this. The second amazing thing that happens in this scene is that the reason they had to bring the second female flight attendant into it is because why was this woman on this flight? Why was she she there? Because she wasn't supposed to be on that flight. She had gotten onto onto the last minute. Yes, she got onto it for the last minute. And they're like, well, why did you do that if you're not actually the thief? And she's like, well... I'm going to London to meet with my boyfriend, Bernie Madoff. It wasn't really Bernie it went, Madoff. Yeah. It was some some other Bernie, Bernie Bernard. It was Bernard. She's Bernard Cockpin or something like that, which <laughs> sounds really dirty now that I say it out loud. Did you write it down? No, I have no idea what his name is. Anyways, but his name is Bernard. And she's like, I'm there to meet my boyfriend, Bernard. He's traveling over from France. And the other female flight attendant who is there for this scene is just like, you mean you're dating Bernie? He told me I was the only one. And then followed by dun, dun, dun of like shot of these people being shocked (gasps) or abused. And then shot of her being like frustrated and pissed. And then shot of smug other flight attendant being like, hmm. Was it, and somebody, it was either the, it was either Errol, the Scotland Yard guy, or the captain who was just like, now young ladies, settle yes. down. No, I don't even think they said so, ladies. Somebody, it was some other diminutive. But, but someone did say, no, they said, said, he did say young ladies settle down because you're like, that is not a young lady. That is a very mature lady they taking that. They were very mature, but they were definitely like in their 20s. They were definitely like close to 30s. Late 20s. Late yeah, 20s, 30s. If not These 30s. Were, yes. Yeah, so she's, These were, yes. These were women. We're, we're watching the scene and Jessica goes, oh, she is not a young lady and she has a mustache. <laughs> well, that was not polite. <laughs> yeah. But she did. Or she had some... <laughs> Or she had some very unfortunate just, shadowing. She just had shadowing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're very sorry about your shadowing. And maybe the director was like, we'll take advantage of that. Because <laughs> she's kind of a smug bitch. In her oh! <laughs> well, just, you know, wanted to kind of have some interpersonal right. whatever. Because sure. yeah, yeah. And- again, everybody like everybody on this show, like everybody's got their, everybody's got their their bit, their hook, yes. their shtick. Everybody, everybody's working their own angle on this. It's amazing because, like, at the end of this, like Jessica Fletcher turns into Santa Claus. Like she starts giving out things to everybody. Is like, after they've like wrapped up. Like this show, like caught the criminal. There were still ten minutes left because you had to like round oh. up all of these ten people and give them a little button to like follow their journey. Like the oh. henpecked husband and the wife with the dog. She's like, why don't I just send you to Paris, France? Because your dog can get off the plane there. That'd be great. So they go to France. And then this yes. like like she's like the movie producer. It ends with her like casually using reverse psychology on the movie producer to convince him that his script was garbage and only good for (laughs) art houses. He's like, well, this is a dud and he throws it away and it ends with a freeze frame on Jessica Fletcher being like, oh, I gotcha. (laughs) But again, which again, this blows my mind. They wasted 30 seconds just showing him just to build his character, to build his character that he really loved watching this movie in flight that had lots of car chases and explosions and ended with a car crash. That's it. That's the only reason they did this weird cut into the yes, flight that, that was the, so... uh, the, the movie that the, but at the on the same flight. time, it was like, they're on a flight. Yes. Time is passing. They're watching the in-flight movie. Right. But Back when... yet, some assistant director had to go out and, and like, shoot. And source this. Yeah. Or, yes, or find like find your like copyright-free imagery or something. Okay, but yes. I got to say, okay, 
the guy who plays the producer director. Yes, please who's tell like, me. It's a dead, this is, this which, is the by thing. the way, we finally saw his medallion later on because I was doing a jewelry count. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry we didn't take a prop bet on it. There was a lot of great jewelry in this. There was a lot of great jewelry. You'll we'll probably find notable. It on I feel like so. Yeah, he, so he's his shirt open, medallion or whatever. And I was like, there's something kind of familiar about him, but I don't know. This could mm-hmm. be any guy. No, he is one of my favorite character actors <laughs> of all time on what? television. How, who to what? I don't. I, he played. Are you ready for this? I want me. a drum roll. <laughs> drum roll, please. And you know this. You know I love this guy. Okay. From one day at a time, the original that played from 1975 to 1995. He was Snyder. <laughs> of the apartment building from the original that is fantastic one day at a time I love the Schneider I love the new one day at a time I love the new Schneider but the old Schneider I was the whole time we were watching it the first season I was like this guy was so great so great and you were like okay sure whatever because you, you didn't really remember it did you Not particularly oh, no my god he was so i don't know why i just thought he was really hilarious and then you had a crush on him no i did not, <laughs> I did not. and i don't want to if i'm gonna follow this by saying something which again i'm not trying to connect that like i didn't have a crush on this guy or whatever i just thought he was really great but then um, you do like the comedic actor i do like the comedic actor he was a funny guy funny character but this guy that hired me in L.A. to work at my last job yes. always reminded me of Schneider. <laughs> I was like, did you play Schneider? I, are you? No, the are age you, doesn't that, work. That, 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 he, that can't possibly be the same person. It's not. It's totally not. But he reminded me so much that like it, he just you were working with he Schneider. totally endeared himself to me. I mean, I, he gave me a job. I was going to play anyway. <laughs> but I was always like, I'm working for Schneider. I love it. <laughs> oh. That's fantastic. Yes. So, so we, so we have to figure, we have to say. So, Jessica figures out that Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Fletcher. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I was like, wait, what did well, I, what do? I do? Oh no, you're talking yes. about Angela Lansbury. Jessica Fletcher figures out that the pickpocket and the Scotland Yard person were working in cahoots when the pickpocket confesses to not only stealing the necklace but also killing the bodyguard. And Jessica's like, wait a minute. Why would you kill him? You didn't need to kill him. You already had the necklace. So why are you confessing? And this tips this tips Jessica off that something is wrong and she needs to figure out who actually killed the person because this guy was just a little too anxious to get caught. He's just a little too anxious to get put into the custody of this Scotland, Scotland Yard, Yard guy. Person. So that tips her off like, okay, there's something fake going on here. But then, of course, that begs the question, well, who did, did murder? Right. And yes. as we know, I, I think we've said this, maybe we haven't said this, in case we haven't said this, the person who killed the bodyguard was Sonny the heiress. Yes. She apparently found out that the her chauffeur was sleeping with somebody else and she was not going to be a side piece. Yeah. So she did it. She put poison in the tranquilizer pills that she gave she to him. She pretended to take right. tranquilizer pills got a glass of water and put it down as like a suggestion to him to also take something. She did something to his tape recorder, which turned out to be... She a, sabotaged, the, sabotaged his yeah. tape record, headphone recorder. 
somehow his Walkman, Jessica. Walk, I'm sorry, his Sony Walkman. His Sony Walkman, <laughs> and it had a tape in it recorded by his psychologist. A relaxation, a relaxation tape. tape. So I went on that one. Well, it wasn't music. You thought it was music, and I was I, like, did I, I say don't it was think music? I thought you said it was like music. That. Oh, maybe I did. Oh, I can't fine. remember. In any event, whatever. We're not getting any points <laughs> for this. You're going to listen so. back and be like, no, it was me. It was and me. Then you can record a, a little <laughs> side note. And uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm glad I'm... to say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll just edit that in there. Actually, now that I have that on tape, I'm just going to put that on a bed somewhere. And it's just going to be all like, folks, I'm glad to say it was me. A cart. Folks, I'm glad. Yes, a cart. We're just going gonna, 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 gonna to have that on instant repeat. Like, folks, yeah. I'm glad to say it was me. <laughs> So yes, so that's how Sunny, that's how Sunny got caught. Oh, but Jessica figured this out because she saw all this happen with the tape and the and everything else and she guessed that like as soon as she gave, as soon as he took the pills, she took the Jessica saw Sunny take the necklace out of her bodyguard's jacket and she didn't know where it went exactly, but she assumed that she put it in, she planted it on the female flight attendant. And Sonny was like, well, you can never prove a thing. But she's like, well, there is such a thing as fingerprints. So yes. that was when Sonny delivered her. This is why I did it speech. And there you go. So, so she we went all off. found out. So it was Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew from murderer. Deep Space. No, not Deep Space Nine. Uh, Voyager. Voyager. No, not, yes. was it Voyager? Yes, yeah. it was Voyager. Yeah. So, all right, Jess, who else do we need to know about on this? Is there anybody we need to talk about? Well, I do want to talk about the director. Please do. Walter... Grauman. Uh-huh. Is that last name familiar to you? It does. It sounds familiar. Why? Because maybe it sounds like Sid Grauman of Grauman's Chinese Theater oh and the Egyptian Theater. Oh my God. The two epic Hollywood film cinemas that started the red carpet, the concept of the red carpet and the opening champagne. Night, opening the night, thing. the whole thing. That started the Egyptian and then he opened the Chinese Theater and they have all the but handprints out front. He was, he was his front. father? No, that was Walter Grauman's first cousin once removed, which means that it's Walter <laughs> Grauman's father's cousin. cousin. Okay. And um, so. But Wal- still in the family, clearly. Yes, totally in the family. Crazy thing, though. Walter Grauman was born in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and grew up there. His father owned cinemas. <laughs> Okay. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So he's like, You've got the I've got this it's, cousin out in Hollywood. Go talk to him, he'll well, hook you up. Apparently that isn't what happened at all. What? Even. Like, I don't know how he didn't use his family connections. Maybe he came out with Laverne and Shirley. No, no, that's <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, his father owned movie theaters and he didn't even grow up really in film and cinema. Had zero training other than probably attending right. film, he one probably, would assume. He probably knew how to but change his, reels. His biography said nothing about that. It said that he went to two different colleges, bounced around, didn't finish, got called into the war, or maybe he enlisted. He enlisted. And he flew uh, B-52s wow. during World War II. And then he came back and did a couple of things in and around like film and television, Uh but they were, it was like live stuff. Like he worked for newscasters and he was like, this is the effing worst. And so he got (laughs) That's a quote. It's in Wikipedia. That's a quote from him. This is the effing worst. (laughs) I don't know if he, he, but he 
did express boredom, apparently, in his biography. Or that was on, like, IMDb or Wikipedia. And so he got himself a job at NBC as a stage manager. And then from there, he actually created some shows because he was in touch with actors and creators all the time. And so he created, like, talent shows and stuff. And so everybody in town knew him. And then eventually, he got a job directing. And... He just, he, and it was like, he says it was like trial by fire. They yeah. just trusted me because <laughs> I knew everybody and had been around everything and I had run it for so long. They were like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And he was like, oh my God, I, I got to succeed. I got to succeed. And he, he made some mistakes. Like he did some things a little backwards, not like, in this episode, start, what but like, st- like, what did he start directing with? So his first TV show was Cult. 45. And he directed two episodes in 1957. It. Oh my lord. This guy was directing and creating shows in the 50s and still directing in the 80s 30 years later. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. a... St- wow. Yeah. He died in 2015. He also directed The Fugitive, Streets of San Francisco, Perry Mason, Chevy Mystery Show, Peter Gunn. Like, I can't believe somebody we found somebody who actually worked on Peter Gunn because that music is so yeah, famous. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, he, he it looks like the last TV show he directed was uh, Murder, She Wrote, 1986, and he died in 2016. Um, he was well, you the figure, you, in-house director, or like the, you know, the supervising director, or I, I don't know what the title is they give these folks. The same way that, like, Paul Feig oversaw all the directors on... The Office, uh-huh. he oversaw all the directors of Murder, She Wrote, and then he would direct like three or four episodes right. per season. And he was known as the most prepared director. He was like the prepared, prepared director. They said that about, you know, they said it twice. Yeah. And I bet it was kind of his military background. We've made little jokes about all the faces and stuff that he, that, that the actors made all yes, the takes yes, yes. and whatever. Well, but but, but he, that was the style and he... He was in it. And he did. He yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That is amazing. And also, like we were talking about, how it just seems the acting and everything we got, and just the theatricality of it all. It makes sense if they've got somebody who has such a long lineage and goes way back in all the theater. And yeah, like yeah. And I also kind of wanted to talk about the three creators of Please. the show. Yes, you so, should. We should. Um, yeah. Bring. Peter S. Fisher uh, was one of the creators of Murder, She Wrote. And the other two creators, and I'm going to mention them as a pair because they were writing partners, Mm -hmm. Richard Levinson and William Link. And Richard Levinson died in 1987. Oh, wow. And William Link died in 2020. Like, just recently. He was born in 1933. So Richard Levinson died in 1987. That was before, that was like almost right after the show yeah. started. Yeah, I guess it was just so stressful. A heart attack and gone. Was, he was a smoker. Oh. And a really bad smoker. People don't smoke. Yes. So throughout their careers, Link and Levinson earned nine Emmy nominations, winning twice, as well as two Golden Globe Awards, a Peabody, and a Tony Award nod for their play Merlin. 
Levinson died, oh my like God. I said, in 1987 of a lung cancer-related heart attack. He was 52. In tribute to his late friend and writing partner, Link wrote the 1991 made-for-TV movie The Boys, starring James Wood and John Lithgow, about a writer who contracts lung cancer from the secondhand smoke of his longtime <gasps> partner. In an interview with the Los Angeles Times about the film, Link said his and Levinson's partnership was like marriage without the sex. <laughs> okay that's freaking awesome i'm glad yes. that they were i'm glad they were such a so good team. they wrote columbo or no they wrote and co-created columbo wow so they knew how oh to yeah do they knew how to do tv mysteries yeah. absolutely they wrote uh, manix jericho and ellery queen which was a another mystery show about somebody who was figuring out figuring out mysteries crime solving and numbers of other shows. And William Link is credited by Steven Spielberg for giving him... Steven Spielberg says that William Link gave him his first directing credit on Columbo. Steven Spielberg directed the pilot for Columbo. He was just wow. out of school. Yeah, like at just USC. out of USC. And he directed the... He got to direct the pilot. I want to circle back for a second here because you said this and I was like, what? Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something in the back of my brain. So Merlin, I just want to point this out. The the musical they wrote, Merlin. Yeah. Yeah. This was the Doug Henning musical for Broadway, which was full oh, of magic. Oh, and he's a magician. Yeah. Yes. Ah! Doug Henning is a total, like this huge magician in the 70s and early 80s. Oh my like, gosh. guess who wrote the music for it though? Elmer Bernstein. <gasps> like this was no joke. This was like a like these like it's not like they had this little play. It was this big Broadway <laughs> well, musical with Doug Henning. Yes. So I mean, uh, these, these guys, guys. This is a, like they're, like they're my new heroes. Peter Fisher, who was one of the other writers and creators, he also wrote on all of these shows with them, like one or two episodes of different things. He also wrote on Kojak. He also wrote on Marcus Welby, MD. And he was nominated for three Emmys and won an Edgar Allan Poe Award for Murder, She Wrote, of course. So very three guys, very, very accomplished. And the two of them Is it heroes. any wonder this is such a freaking classic show? Oh I mean, my gosh. They had all the pedigree in the world yeah, to do this yeah. and they just nailed it. Yes. They nailed it. We yeah. only half nailed it. Yeah. We only half nailed. So I don't think we get, I mean, we could, we could throw it to the podcast adjudication board, but mm. I don't think we're getting any points for this. So. I, I think so. But I think this is good though. That Like we're, I, I'm sorry. Like after last season's dismal record, starting this season with just a little bit, like getting a little bit of something under our belts. I think that's good. I think, I think yeah. the training, I think the training's working. Yes, I think I think, right. I think we can keep yeah, going with that. Yeah, our off-season Yeah, our off-season hiking, training regimen. Hiking, biking, guessing. <laughs> hitting, running hitting. up that hill. No, we don't have that. That is not that. this show. This is not this show. But we are watching that too. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for listening along with us. We Thank had a great you. time. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Bye. everybody thanks for listening we really appreciate it and now we want to hear from you tell us your guesses your scores your insider info your favorite logic cop catches and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next 
follow us and join the fun on Twitter at ClueDunnit. Or on Instagram and Facebook at ClueDunnit Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. Because watching TV is always, always better, better with, with friends. this font i love the murder she wrote font it's a great they use that font as much as they possibly can yes like it's in the credits it's a great and and it's like they have they title each episode yeah Yeah. no it's great i'm gonna take a second right now this is a little sidebar yeah what the heck is that murder she is it called the murder she wrote font (laughs) we're tapping it up go google fly fly like the wind it is it's called the murder she wrote font Oh my gosh. The font used in the TV title is very similar to Lansbury FG, designed by Alan R. Walden. The font is free for both personal <gasps> and commercial use. Oh my god, well you I know what font we're using. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. I wonder, I wonder if it's close to the Lansbury font. I wonder if someone was like, well, what what typeface should we use for this? And it's like, well, the stars Angela Lansbury, is there any typefaces for that? Lansbury there you go. font.